Pints and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and this guy I don't know, you figure it out. <laughs> Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Pod Van Dad, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Rob Van Danielle Radford. Yes, we used that one already. We have to go again for today. It will all make sense. You saw the title. You know what's about to happen. And one of a Kelk, Lindsay Kelk. That's me. Uh, our guest today, Rob Van Dam, has appeared in dozens of wrestling organizations and has been a champion for just about every one of them. He's probably best known for his lengthy time in ECW and WWE, where he was a multiple-time tag team and IC champion before capturing the WWE title in 2005. Here is a clip. Cover! What the hell? He's also one of the founding performers of the original Extreme Championship Wrestling and currently appears as part of Impact Wrestling. Rob Van Dam joins us over the line now. Rob, welcome to Tights and Fights. Dude, great intro, man. I can't wait to hear from me. I sound pretty amazing. <laughs> you are. You're great. You should check out some of your stuff. It's very good. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> Before we jump into wrestling, I want to talk a little bit about a documentary you have called Headstrong. Uh, will you tell us about that? Absolutely. I have been trying to spread the word on this and for a different reason than, than originally. Headstrong is a documentary that everybody should see. It's on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon. And I don't normally say everyone should see it and probably everyone shouldn't see it, you know, but whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the truth is that the movie came out way, way better than I originally planned. I, I do stand-up comedy sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, it's not its not something I'm looking to like switch over and do. I really don't want to do anything full-time. I'm, I'm always working on doing less and less. I prefer <laughs> a day off. But having said that, sometimes I get up on stage and I enjoy that. And so we brought the camera on a seven-day stand-up comedy tour that went, I don't know, across several states. We were in Ohio and Pennsylvania and New York. But... I showed up on day one with symptoms of a concussion because I had a match like three nights before and I've gotten like so many concussions, you know, I've been wrestling 30 years, but usually um, the symptoms go away in a few seconds. Rarely do I still feel them in a couple hours. Um, I've never had anything last like this. And, and, and what my symptom was, was double vision. So three days later, I'm seeing double every time I open both eyes, I can see fine out of either eye. 
but double with both eyes. And it's day day one of the comedy tour. And I'm like, well, this is going to go away. So I'm not even going to bring it up. You know, I'll wake up fine tomorrow. We did the entire tour and, uh, and I still had the double vision and, and, you know, I'm, I'm secretly, you know, talking to the camera, like as I, I'm getting pictures with fans, you know, Hey, mm-hmm. dude, yeah, great to meet you. And then I turn to the camera and I'd say, I see two of him. He's got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I would ever use it. And I thought that it'd be something that I would just put behind me, but the, the symptoms lasted so long. The movie became about something completely different because now I got to go and get my brain checked out, MRIs and scans. And I'm, I'm, I'm in visual uh, therapy. And it's like all of this I'm, I'm uh, doing with the knowledge and uh, concern that they could tell me, like, uh, you know, it looks like I'm, you know, getting CTE, which is a horrible degenerative disease yeah. that, yeah, you know, if, if, if some listeners don't know, um, the, the, the term is used lightly. Everyone thinks like, oh, yeah, oh, I know I got CTE because you, there's post-concussion syndrome, which a lot of my peers have. I have um, that too. And then CTE. Yeah, and that's so different than CTE, which is a degenerative, which means you're going down. Your brain's going to die. You're going to die. So I'm learning all of what's going on with live with the camera. So the movie ends up being a really um, roller coaster, I've been told, <laughs> of emotions. And it was actually out for a couple months before I, I just recently, after having a couple of my friends uh, hang themselves um, recently, um, I just kind of took on this. The, I just, you know, I feel like I will. Well, first off, I don't want to go that way. <laughs> and second yeah. off, I would love to be able to help the situation. And, and so now all of a sudden I got this purpose, like it's important to me to keep the conversation going, the awareness, because when you mention concussion, it's shut down in the wrestling business. Like that's, that's a bad word, at least in certain areas. And they don't want to talk about it. And the truth is I'm learning just by sharing my truth. I've helped so many people that people come up to me all the time. Dude, I watched Headstrong, man. It's, it was so inspiring. And if you read the reviews, we've got not one bad review, but everyone, I didn't expect this. But people, are, people are telling me it's important. It's changed their lives. And, and after it's out for a couple of months, now I'm starting to feel like, you know what? It really is important because now I want to do my part to address the concussion situation, which isn't just sharing my stories and awareness. I'm also uh, working on developing a line of CBDs that can uh, protect the brain. And um, I'll be able to talk a lot more about that in the near future. But that's one of my very important projects uh, that's going on. But I'm, I'm always willing to talk about my experiences. I mean, nonfiction is easy. It's already happened. And uh, what do you want to know? Well, l- let me ask you something. You've had a you've had a thirty plus year wrestling career, and and I want to stay on on the the topic of concussions. We want to talk about your your broader career as well. But c- compared, it feels like around the time you you would have gotten into the industry at that point, you get your bell rung, you show up, and then you keep you keep working. And that that seems to have I don't know I don't know that it's changed, but it seems like the awareness, like you've mentioned, around concussions has changed. And yet recently. We had an AEW event where Cody Rhodes took an unprotected shot to the head. What needs to be done within the wrestling industry? And and does this awareness that people talk about, is it really changing things? Like, what have you seen over your time? I believe, yes, uh, that awareness is super important. I think that that is the one thing that we can all do is, is be aware because... 
Um, the more aware we are, uh, the more people are talking about it, the more studying we're going to be able to do, the more we're going to be able to learn about it. Um, it, this this may seem weird, but let's compare it to marijuana prohibition. Years ago, uh, they said it's it's poisonous. It'll, it'll kill you. It's toxic. It'll make you violent, evil. For I mean, that was back in uh, '37. So for all these years, they just didn't talk about it. Now, recently, as they're starting to legalize it, and it's getting uh, because it was illegal to even test marijuana. You couldn't grow it to test it. For years, I mean, in 1990, there was a lawsuit against the Institution of Medicine that's been suing because you, they don't let anyone study marijuana. Now, in the last few years, we're learning all kinds of things that marijuana can do for people. And I knew most of it anyway, but now we're learning to separate the different components in the plant, the CBDs, the CBNs, the CBGs from the THC. And it's like, it's all about awareness and you got to keep the conversation going when we can do that with brain injuries and we can we can talk about it we can learn more pretty soon we can have cures you know and and they are showing certain lines of of the cannabis dials are actually effective in regenerating brain tissue that's already died off and i mean that's going to help with alzheimer's it's going to help with uh you know military uh people who've had the uh, concussion damage and and of course all the professional athletes so yes awareness and talking about it is key right now because we're not all scientists, but we need to keep uh, keep the energy going and move forward. And you do that in numbers. And it is different now. And as you mentioned, yeah, throughout my career, I, I get a concussion. I just show up the next day and I never told anybody. And that was that's the way that I did my career. Mm-hmm. I became aware of something after making this movie because I hear myself in the movie being very optimistic, saying, hey, all right, well, let's say I get my brain checked out and it is messed up, you know, well, I'll use this experience to share with people, you know, so everyone can learn from it. And I'm probably not going to wrestle that much longer anyway. And that's my attitude in the movie. And I watched another movie that Chris Nowinski, my friend who actually studies the brains up in Boston, he made a movie called Head Games, and I see a football player in there, and he looks normal, but when the doctor's testing him, um, this guy's got CTE, he can't tell you uh, what number follows another number, what month follows another month. It's scary watching it. I, I watched that movie, and I'm like, wow, my awareness just went up. I haven't been taking this seriously enough. Also, let me just throw this out, too. I know I'm talking a lot. No, we um, love it. But, Shoot. Uh, one, one thing that I really learned that I think was my takeaway from watching the movie, I mean, after editing it frame by frame and everything, I still didn't realize until I watched the movie that I did everything wrong after I got a concussion. And I think that's why my symptoms hung around for so long. You're supposed to rest put yourself in a dark, unstimulating place. And I did the opposite. For some reason, I felt like my brain needed a kick, like a kickstart. I felt like, okay, something's like sputtering. I need to like, I need to push it through or something. And I did, I, you know, I was trying to read and watch TV and I even took an Adderall cause I had one and thought that was going to stimulate my brain and help. Mm-hmm. And, and of course the comedy tour, Dr. Chris Nowinski said, don't do the comedy tour. That's the worst thing you can do. And I don't think you're going to be able to stand up there and remember jokes and be in front of people. And, and there I was every night, the, you know, um, because I give everything for the art. That's what we all do artists. And, uh, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm up there and the bright light is 
was like burning a hole in my brain through my eyes. Oof. And it, it really was. It, and I was just up there and I was thinking like, ah, I'm sure I'll be fine tomorrow. Interestingly and weirdly enough, I have been suffering from post-concussion syndrome. Um, I got a concussion a few years back and I've been using CBD to help with some of that. I also nice. immediately, I'm also a stand-up comic. I also immediately went back on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Like as soon as possible. I would love to hear more about some of what you're doing with CBD because that's something that I've been championing since I got my concussion and still dealing with the symptoms of that. Right now, I'm putting all of the players in place. And, uh, you know, I've got like a great team of uh, people from uh, someone that already uh, owns a current and successful CBD company that I will be uh, doing this with. And, uh, you know, there's investors involved. And so I'm I'm having meetings um, like on a weekly basis right now, putting because I've been traveling so much, but putting this together. And the idea will be RVDs, CBDs. Um, I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've, I've talked to the scientists, you know, I told them that the Time magazine had an article um, a few weeks ago. Um, the NFL was looking into this, uh, making a, a pill from CBD properties that uh, that would be like a pregame swallow go out there and, and, and they play football and then it would theoretically protect their brain, you know, from damage, from the impact. So I believe that I can do this faster than they can. I think they got a lot more red tape they got to go through and stuff. And I'm looking uh, as well as my team, looking at everything, you know, that's showing positive results. And of course I'll try it myself and I'll have my peers uh, try it as well because I don't want to put my name on anything that isn't, isn't legit and, and genuine. And that's something that I keep hearing uh, synchronistically from the universe. People keep coming up to me with CBD um, conversations saying they just wish they knew a product that was legit because there's so much out there and they don't know like what works, what doesn't. And not even all CBDs are made from hemp. Some are made from different kinds of uh, vegetation. And it's like, I would love to be in a position, you know, to, to be a go-to guy. And that's, that's my goal. And that's what I'm, that's uh, what I'm working on right now. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. My main drive for this is, hey, I don't want to, you know, go through a deep bout of post-concussion depression and, and, and hang myself and no. possibly We'd rather possibly you didn't do that. Some, no, exactly. Yeah, we would much prefer. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, how can someone argue against that? And, you know, it's like, hey, I don't think that that's possible. There's no part of me that wants to do that. But honestly, I can name so many friends that have done that. There's been like over 50 wrestlers that, have, that died like within a, a short time span. Those are my friends, you know, yeah. not all yeah. of them. Yeah. I worked with a lot of them. Some of them were really close to me. And, and, and it has been going on since then, too. So let's shine a light on it and learn what we can do. Uh, prevent it yeah with all this in mind and um knowing how much you know you're so so aware of all of it now um and with the style of wrestling that you tend to use um i have to ask you like how long do you think you'll stay in the ring is this something that's making you reconsider that choice now honestly i guess yeah it's part of the entourage of of different body parts that are telling me, you know, well, we've had about enough. Uh, so probably not that much longer. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I will probably retire next year, but I just, you know, I go with the flow and I listen to the universe. And I've I've said for years, uh, several years, that I was that my my 
my inspiration, my passion, uh, and my body were ready to retire. And plus yeah. it's a very consuming job. You know, I like to not travel and be able to do other things too. But you know, the more that I talk about retiring, my value goes up. Yeah. And so, it's, so it's, so I'm in a, I'm in this position where it'd be like silly to walk away right now because I'm working so much less for the amount of money that I worked so hard and so long for when people considered me in my prime, you know, like, uh, it's so much business is so much better now. So the universe will tell me, but I'm guessing it'd be pretty Mm -hmm. soon. Every time I have to buy a new wrestling outfit or a new pair of boots, I'm like, I'll be damned. (laughs) I thought for sure. I thought for sure. I bought my last pair of boots. (laughs) How how long does a pair of boots let you're, you're pretty active with your feet in the ring. How long does a pair of boots last for you? Yeah, well, it depends on how good of boots you get. You know, like uh, the traditional wrestling boot, they're anywhere from like three to $500. And those things will last forever. Every once in a while, if something does uh, start coming undone on it, you take it and you get it fixed because they're worth it. But uh, nowadays, a lot of guys wear things, you know, like amateur wrestling shoes. And it's like, I did that for a long time. I wore Atomics. When I was in WWE for a long time, I wore the Atomics because they have a really thin sole. And I didn't worry about trying to be taller. A lot of the guys want to put height, you know, on their sides. And I was like, I'd rather have foot control. But there wasn't much ankle support with that. But those, about once a month, I would have to replace those, the, the Atomics. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How much do those cost? Way cheaper than the other boots. I mean, they're probably, they might have been somewhere around $100. I don't remember. But they're just, they're made, uh, they're not made for that. And I drop down on the splits and, and do all these, these things that like tend to pull the sole in a different direction. But now I have the boots that will last forever. But sometimes I'll put the cheaper ones on because they're more comfortable. And, and, and I don't mind. I can afford it more now. I have another wrestling question for you. What do you consider to be your 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 best match and your favorite match? Are they the same or are they, you know, they could be different. Obviously there may be one you just appreciate from a technical standpoint and one was more fun. Where where do you fall? Yeah. Let's see. Best match and favorite match. Um, Best match would be beating John Cena or or maybe that's my favorite. I don't know. That's a, let me put it this way. My, My crowning achievement, definitely the most important match in my career was when I beat John Cena and became the, ECW and WWE champion, you know, obviously because that put me on that list of uh, world champions, but also because I was fighting for everything that I had passion for in the business, meaning the extreme style of ECW and every fan in the building um, was there fighting with that same spirit and same passion. And, and it was really cool because there was a lot of personal emotion involved in that. You know, Vince was saying people don't remember ECW. And I was saying, man, just give us like one night, you know, to because it was it was so different that it would be, you know, like playing a different character almost. Knowing, you know, you got rules, you got three minutes to do everything versus knowing you got, you know, 25 minutes and, and, and you know, you can do do whatever. So it's just so different. And anyway, because because it was successful, uh, the pay-per-view and because we brought ECW back as a third brand and because that was all um you know, my brainchild. I'm most proud of that. And that's the most important standout match of my career. But if somebody was just going to watch one match of RVD, that's never seen me wrestle and I wanted to impress them, I would put in RVD versus Jerry Lynn first because, uh, physical competition 
in those matches set new standards that the uh, guys are still using today. They use the term um, RVD Jerry Lynn spots when they want, when they uh, when they're talking about stuff that they want to do. I loved working with Sabu and Jeff Hardy, and there's there's not too many bad matches on, you know under my belt really. I absolutely agree. Uh, I, I'm just really curious, given that your career has been so long and you've seen so much. Um, what are the main changes that you've seen, um, especially like on the better side of things? I think. We as wrestling fans sometimes have a tendency to dwell on the negative uh, or to be quite dismissive occasionally. Uh, but I love to hear the positive side of things. So what are the changes that you've seen come through the industry that you think are really good? Business, when I got into it, first off, um, well, it was about it was about something different. I started schooling in 89 and um, it was... It, people looked at wrestling as a legitimate fight back then. And the, the number one state of mind that you're in is to protect the business first. That means it's okay, you know, if you bust somebody open, it's good for the business. Showing you two working together, you know, blowing kayfabe, not protecting the business. And so it was so different. Now, the curtain has been jerked open and, and, and people look at it like entertainment. And so that makes them think that they know everything about it. Like the fans think, oh, I could do a better job mm-hmm. at writing storylines or this or that. And the wrestlers themselves, because they don't have the same old school um, mindset uh, that, that, that was put into me, they're instead of, instead of it being about protecting the business, now it's about here's what we could do if we work together and, and, and the fans think that they understand it and they don't all the way because there's always competition. And, but now there's so many moves that wrestlers are doing that you just couldn't have done 20 years ago mm-hmm. because it takes both guys. Sometimes the guy that's taking the move is the guy doing the move, jumping up and flipping and landing on him. I don't know. I'm like, what? Like, I don't even know who, who, who just got who. And so that's what I've seen change. It's gone from protecting the business to here's what could be possible if we didn't protect the business in the old school mindset that I'm in. That's not necessarily a positive thing, but I'm not like fighting it, trying to keep it on its foundation. I don't care. I got my foot in the exit door anyway. And I, you know, and, I, and, the, and the things people are doing are amazing. But the positive that comes out of that is that back when I started, it was really hard to get into the business. You had to get beat up first just to prove, you know, that you were even durable enough and then you had to prove that you were worthy that you had ability that you could wrestle and and then if someone was going to invest in putting their name into you they wanted to own you for a while um now it's not like that you can pay like 25 dollars and you can go work out somewhere with no commitment in a ring you could be a journalist doing a story and go pay and, and talk about the wrestlers work it's so different now but because of that there's so much more wrestling now. When mm-hmm. WWE monopolized the business, there wasn't a lot of choices for people to watch. I mean, there was TNA, which was a really distant second place, and I think that was about it on TV for a minute. And now, because it's so open, every town seems to have their own local wrestling group, and, and then the, the fans come out, and they support that, and then they make them feel like they're part of it. And I noticed that happening, um, I don't know, at least five years ago. I've been watching the trend and I was in uh, Preston City in England, and I could not believe the crowd, how supportive they were. Like, they had chants and nicknames for every single one of the wrestlers. They had the best time. It was like a soccer crowd mixed with an ECW crowd. It was just, it was amazing. And I've noticed since then, every little town, 
Um, so there's so many wrestling groups now that it's easier to get into the wrestling business. And, and so a lot of the wrestlers now didn't go through what I went through, but because of that, that's caused wrestling to, to have another surge. So that's the positive side is that wrestling is cool again. People are enjoying watching it. AEW's got everybody talking. Pretty soon they're going to be on a, on TV, and, um, and, and that'll change the whole landscape of, of, of what we have right now. So that's the positive is that it's on the grow. Well, I, you mentioned ECW, and I want to ask you about that. But first, since you spent a good amount of time in Philly, which is my hometown, did you have a favorite cheesesteak place, or do you not eat cheesesteaks? Tony Luke's. Tony All right. Luke's. All right. Boy, you and my dad yes. need to that, get together. Is that a respectable one, Hal? You know, it's I, it, it's good. It's good. I like it. Usually, the, usually the debate is between Pat's and Geno's, right? That's that's like what the, where the tourists go. But I, your answer <laughs> lets me know how much time you spend in Philly, which I which I love. Uh, ECW feels like I, I don't know that I would call it an outlier, but it was something very special in in the the following that uh, that it garnered and sort of the exposure that it got. And I'm wondering if you think it's possible for another promotion to to replicate that. I know AEW feels like they're I don't know if they're trying or or if you would consider them to be sort of a a new version of of what ECW was just in terms of gathering a bunch of phenomenal talent and trying to put on the best wrestling possible. Uh, do you think it's possible to replicate that in, in this day and age when, when WWE has, as you pointed out, monopolized everything? I do to an extent, and I think that's a fair comparison with the AEW in, in, the, in the respect that they're saying, hey, we're being ourselves, we're not playing by the rules, we're doing what we believe is right to entertain the crowd. And so in that respect, that is very much like ECW. It can't be done in the exact same way ever based on, you know, the based on uh, the factors that we used, meaning, you know, extra violent and extra adult-like. Um, I mean, that stuff was crazy. There's just no way, there's no way nowadays that we could dive out um, over the guardrail into the crowd without having plants. ECW is the only place that ever happened. Even with Impact, if I ever wanted to go over the guardrail, they would set up the students, uh, wrestling students sit over there so that nobody, fans would get hurt and stuff. And it was so uncontrolled in ECW, and that was part of it. I saw fans get set on fire. I saw <laughs> <you know. laughs> It was it was so crazy. So no, it, w- it won't be done in that way. But yeah, sure. just by taking that spirit of saying, "Hey, we're uh, counter counterculture wrestling and screw tradition," boom, check us out. Yeah, they they seem to be doing it. What is the craziest thing you ever saw at ECW? And it could either be uh, obviously somebody in the crowd getting set on fire. Could be in a top. It could be in a top three or a top twenty when it comes to <laughs> ECW. What's your what's the craziest thing you can think of? Just sort of off the top of your head. Hmm. Um, well, let's see. The one thing that comes to mind uh, is um, Spike Dudley weighs about 160 pounds, roughly. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bam Bam Bigelow would pick him up over his head in the ring and he would run towards the ropes and whew, just launch Spike <laughs> over over the guardrail <laughs> into the crowd wow. and and the crowd would catch him and they would body surf him around the crowd and it was all legitimately just fans that bought a ticket that knew that that's part of uh, being in an ECW crowd and i always think like i can't imagine being spike upside down not even being able to see how you're going to land 
that comes to mind as being pretty crazy. And plus, everyone has seen the footage where uh, all the fans bury the ring with their chairs. Yeah. I was involved in that one time. Me and Sabu were about to put, I think it was Bam Bam Bigelow through a table. It might have been Terry Funk, though. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Sabu's going up the top rope, and wham, he got hit in the back of the head with a chair. <laughs> and he turned around to see where it came from. Wham! <laughs> <laughs> he caught one in the face <laughs> and then and that pretty soon you know we're like we're just ducking for cover and all the chairs went over the rope and we're burying the ring and oh yeah that's um, a I don't great know how moment. we got out of there that's yeah. a great moment uh, it, I have can, a quick... it can't be like that again in 2019 <laughs> 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 i have a quick question um ecw related what were your thoughts on uh, the announcement of paul Heyman taking over monday night raw oh i'm going back <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I look forward to seeing your run with the belt. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's cool. I think it's uh I think that's awesome and um I think you know he's been there so long he must want this. I I'm thinking, you know, mm -hmm. like he must uh love uh, his job. So I'm happy for him. I haven't talked to him about it. It, it sounds cool. I mean, Paul and Bischoff, I mean, those are the two guys, you know, that, that survived uh, having promotions while Vince was running, you know, I mean, Bischoff obviously beat Vince in ratings for a while. And so um, those are, those are two of the, I can't think of, you know, anybody else that would be better than those two. So you got um, the brains behind WCW and the brains behind ECW on uh, Raw and SmackDown. And that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've been you know, you've obviously you're still connected to, to the wrestling scene and what's going on. Who out there like these young up and comers? What performers are really exciting you right now? Well, I'm in Impact Wrestling. Mm -hmm. And uh, a few nights ago, we did a pay-per-view in Dallas. The younger guys have definitely taken the RVD perspective of thinking outside of the box. And they've taken it to a whole new level. I've knew that before I went back there. And, you know, it's obvious that they all watch, not just me, but, you know, I see my particular moves uh, being done or them putting a twist on it. And some of the stuff they do is pretty amazing. Johnny Morrison, Nitro, Impact. Uh, <laughs> Mundo, Assorted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so many flips with twists and uh, back and forth. And, and um, at the end, I, I don't even know if this was the very end, but I saw, I think uh, Johnny's laying down and I think Swan did like a, a round off into like he jumped up and somehow he spun and flipped. He either did a 450 off of the mat or else he just spun so that he landed on his stomach instead of his back doing a 360. But either way, it was just just amazing. And it's like, uh, you know, like hope no one's thinking, yeah, RVD's back. Now we're gonna see it taken to a whole new level. Cause now nah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think I'm good passing that stuff on now. And by the way, when you put all that stuff up against the legend and you let the fans speak for themselves, RVD's on top every time. <laughs> so I have one more question for you, and, and then then we're gonna let you go. Uh, I, I I'm always interested in this, just because the the wrestling fan, obviously, we are, and we have a lot of listeners who are as well. Uh, the, the the fan has sort of evolved or changed over time because as you said kayfabe's been sort of broken down to an extent and now you have uh, we're in like the second or third generation of fans who are, are as interested in what's happening behind the scenes or what they think is happening as they are with what the in-ring product is so they're second guessing and figuring out what is creative doing why is this book that way and so so I always like to ask when I get to talk to people who do this for an actual living, 
Uh, is there something that you wish the fans uh, knew that they don't know or something that they misunderstand that you wish that they would understand? Hmm. Um, you know, it, it's really weird being, um, being like one of the, the last ones to bridge the old school mentality because fans know that, that it's a work. It's still sometimes offensive for them to talk to me openly about it. Mm -hmm. If they're just fans, if they talk like, uh, you know, like they're one of the boys, then I always, it's, it's almost offensive. So, so that that's kind of like weird because it's changing, you know, mm -hmm. but I guess the thing that if I had to think of something that I wish the fans knew that they didn't, it would be that, it really is competitive. The competition isn't exactly in the pinfall, but it starts with politicking um, when, when the wrestlers, you know, are developing relationships with certain agents that'll be pushing for them. And you're fighting and jockeying for the same positions, the same spots when you're out there in the match. I mean, you're, you are wanting to outshine everybody you know you kidding when i went out when i'm out there i want all eyes on me i want the every fan the promoters the wrestlers i want everybody watching me thinking that i did outstandings and and, and so it's, it's very competitive and fans once they hear that it's entertainment they think that we're all just playing and it's like a game and it looks easy to them i think but like when sabu and i we used to when we'd wrestle in japan before the match sabu would get with me because uh, he was my mentor, and he would say, hey, don't let these guys uh, get much on me. You know, if uh, every time they cover, you know, come in and, and kick the guy off of me, let's keep him in our corner, and let's try and do, like, really quick tags so that we can, uh, we call it blowing him up, you know, get him winded. Mm -hmm. And um, this, I mean, this is, we, we, this was real. I mean, we were taught, we were, and they were doing the same thing over in their dressing room, you know, trying to, trying to get the advantage on us, because they wanted to look better than us, so they were going to try and keep us in their corner um, and try and make quick tags to waste our energy and try and keep us away from being able to tag our opponent. And I don't think fans would understand that regardless of, you know, the, the pinfall, this stuff really goes on. So I guess that's how I would answer your question. Fantastic. Rob Van cool. Dam, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. It's been a blast and an honor. Uh, we are all huge fans of yours. Uh, the movie Headstrong, your documentary, is available now on uh, Amazon Prime Video. Is that correct? And iTunes. Anywhere you would go get a movie digitally, you should be getting this one. Yeah, Fight TV. It's uh, it's not hard to find. And uh, check it out. Write a review. If you like it, follow me at The Real RVD. Um, it's been an awesome interview. We appreciate having you. Uh, everybody out there listening, if you have thoughts on anything and everything we've discussed with RVD, let us know about them at Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights. And at Tights Fights on Twitter and Instagram, we'll be back with wrestling news. We're our Tights and Fights. Going into a bullseye interview, I know that it's somebody who does amazing work, but it's it's an actual conversation, and you know sometimes it gets real. No, but my mother, I remember my I remember when I got <laughs> this is going to become a therapy session very quickly. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm in therapy. That was a great interview. Bullseye, creators you know, creators you need to know. Find it at maximumfun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Tyson Bob.
Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by Danielle Radford and also Lindsay Gow. Impact Wrestling at their Slammiversary show this past weekend, as we discussed briefly with RVD. It was headlined by Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan in one of the rare times that an intergender match has headlined a televised wrestling pay-per-view. Here's a clip. Callahan! Cactus! Oh! Pile driver! And it's over. And it's over. We don't get the conclusion that we deserve. Sammy Callahan has taken the air out of the entire state of Texas. Now I know I get a lot. I've gotten guff from fans in person for not watching Impact, saying you should watch Impact. All right, I saw Impact. I watched a three-hour show. This is my overall assessment of it. Mm-hmm. Is that it's there's a lot of talent there. Yeah. I don't ever need to see anybody staple anything onto anybody else's face ever. Sure nope. don't. Didn't need to see that. However, that being said, I I really enjoyed the main event. I thought it they both they both worked really hard. Mm-hmm. They worked well together, and I thought they both came out of it better than they went in. Mm-hmm. In yeah. terms of character development. Well, and Tessa is I mean, Tessa is the star of that company right now. Like I don't think you know, you can debate me on that, but it's she. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm she's refused. the most over person in that company. She is a star of that company, which is nice. We kind of have two women who are stars of companies. Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of. One of them has to bring her boyfriend to the ring because they make her. But that's not this company. That's not this company. Uh, yeah, I thought that match was great. Yeah, it was really, really good. I like that. They did a really good job of emphasizing, like, no, we wanted Tessa to go over, like, and for me, I think that this loss, because obviously they're going to have, like, another match, and eventually at the end of the series, Tessa's going to win, and that's going to feel so fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. She is a superstar. I feel like we've all been saying it for years, and she's really, during her run here in Impact, like, you can really, really see how hard she's worked since. Because I remember seeing her in the indies when she would just show up, you know, or on, like, you know, Lucha Underground when she would show up, like, a couple of times. There were times at PWG when she would come on, and it was when she was dating Ricochet, and Ricochet would be like, hey, guys, don't be cool to her because she's my girlfriend. Be cool to her because she's really, really good at this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she would get in a ring, and we'd be like, oh. She's pretty good at this. And now she is, you know, just years and years of putting in the work, man. She is one of the top women talents in the world right now, and I couldn't be happier for her. Yeah, yeah I thought it was great. I, um, I'm i very pro-intergender because I do fall into that camp where I say, if it, A, it's not real, and B, it should be an option. If it, if the woman is happy to have the match, we should be having the match. Agreed. I, I don't understand people are like, no, it encourages domestic violence, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a very odd take on this literally we just watched a movie where fucking you, you know hawkeye and scarlet witch beat the shit out of each other because yeah. they loved each other yeah Black i was fine like, with that oh anyway anyway. scarlet uh, scarlet is scarlet, scarlet yeah. johansson scarjo scarjo <laughs> too many scarlets too many scarlets. i mean normally there's scarlets. none and then suddenly, and then suddenly they're everywhere but yeah um, and they're like hitting each other and punching each other and like yeah we'll believe it in tv shows like how many exactly. times did xena 
battle dudes. So many times. And remind me to tell you about the time I went to a Xena convention when we're off air. I desperately will. Yeah. Off air. <laughs> Why would uh, we not save that? You know, it's all. It's a whole story. It's a whole thing. Uh, but yet there were. I will say, even though I, I would say I, I, I preface this by saying I am into in the intergender camp. There were moments that made that not that I felt uncomfortable. That made me understand the take of other people yeah. saying I don't like this because, and I think that's partly Sammy, Sammy Callan's character as a bully and a yeah. beat up guy like he just beats people up and there were moments when it was made very clear that he was beating her up this way because she is a woman and I think they're getting that storyline out of the way of saying like oh you're fighting me to be treated equally well I don't think you deserve it and then the idea is at the end that he admitted she did deserve it he gave her the baseball back you know he was like okay yeah you you did well yeah. so like you've earned it so maybe they felt they had to have that story before we can have true equality because there were just moments and it beats where I was like oh no this is just brutalizing a woman yeah. and and I don't want intergender matches to be a man brutalizing a woman and I've seen Candice LeRae do that kind of match too where she yeah. like in PWG where she's just getting rocked yes. and getting like wrecked. Um, Asuka used to do like she's done um, straight up strong style matches where she's just getting brutalized yeah. um, just to like prove herself. And so because I've seen those already, those moments did make me uncomfortable. But um, I've I've seen that. I'm I agree with you. They're always in service of making sure that we know that, hey, let's do this and get it out of the way. You guys only have to do that once, though, yeah. just so you know. And maybe like, we don't have to do and it. Maybe you don't, and maybe, maybe now that it's happened once on a pay-per-view, no other company has to do that yeah. because it's happened. Maybe now we just get to say, hey, these women doing this thing are just as good as these men doing this thing. Yeah. Let's see if they want to do this thing against each other. I don't know. Does that sound crazy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into the WWE world, let's let's talk about, uh, I've made a theme uh, song for this. It's really good. <gasps> It's the G1 Climax Update. Let's get updated with Lindsay and Danielle. <laughs> I love it so much. That's great. Aww. And we're going to hear about uh, the G1 Climax Tournament, but first I want to talk about DDP <laughs> Yoga. I thought we agreed on cloud-free litter. Uh, no, My cats are not going to scoop themselves. I'll interrupt no, something else. Okay. We definitely agreed on Blue Chew. I'm sorry, guys. We uh, 100%. Ew. Don't try to wrestle your dick. Try a blue chew. <laughs> Pop it in, chew it up, and then you'll get a hard on. Oh, now take we'll a sniff, it. pull it out. <laughs> blue chew, blue chew, blue chew is going to move you. G1 um, is a thing. Uh, <laughs> now we'll get back. So we are talking about, uh, about uh, G1. <laughs> yeah, but Julia needs to lift the audio really yeah, you loud. Better, uh, you better affect my audio, Julian. You know what uh, to do. Yeah, I'm really interested in listening to your opinion about this, Danielle, but first we're going to talk about this. Even we're gonna, though we're yeah. definitely still mid-conversation. We'll get to that in just a second, but yeah. first. The G1. Um, did you watch any of it, Hal? Were you able to see any of it? I would love to hear your thoughts. Excellent. Great. Um, did you watch it, Danielle? Of course no, I did. you did. Uh, it's polite to ask. What did you think? Um, I, I Just the resurrection of Kenta, man. Kenta, 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 Kenta. It was so Kenta. good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you 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 know him. He was in he was in NXT yeah. for a while. I do know him. I yeah. do know him. Yeah, you know yeah. who Kenta is. I know Kenta. Yeah, it was great. Uh, him and Abu, like they they were amazing. And um, yeah, and I loved him coming out and being like, "This is who I'm supposed to be." And yeah. granted, you know, we always talk about the way that sometimes WWE when people come over it doesn't quite work. If there was ever a chance for it to work for him, it would have been NXT. So 
partially, I'm sure it was just a difficulty to work with him. I'm never going to say that like even NXT gets it perfect. Mm-hmm. But partially, man, it was just a ring of bad luck. He comes over. All of his his moveset has been jacked by yeah. like two of the top guys in yeah. WWE. And then he gets injured. And then he's back for like two seconds and he gets injured again. Yeah. So it was just nothing but like a string of bad luck. So getting to watch him at his full Kentoness was amazing. It made me so happy. Awesome. All Kenta all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, I did not like that nasty bump. Um, Ibushi took to his ankle. No, I've seen you. the photos of that today. That looks really unpleasant. That does not tie in nicely with my plan to have him win the whole thing. No. Uh, nope. Don't I like it. Thought it was super, super, super fun. I'll watch Okada and go ace wrestle all, all day. <laughs> all the live long day. Let's mm-hmm. just have that keep happening. I just, I love it so much. Yeah, and, and that's, and for people who don't know a lot about the G1, so the way that that works is, because um, I know you're like, well, Abushi lost. So this isn't like bracket style, um, the way that like March Madness is. It's round robin and everyone gets points. And so if you win the match, you get two points. If it's a draw or like a time, you know, or reaches, because they actually do, like there is a time limit for matches mm-hmm. um, in New Japan. So if you reach the time limit, both people get two or one, one. point. And then if you if if you lose, obviously you get zero. And so they do a round robin where everyone is wrestling each other. And then at the end of the what is it, five weeks? I think so. Five or six five, weeks. Like Glorious weeks. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. Then Except at the end of it, two groups. Yeah. The yeah. P, it's it gets whittled down to the people yeah. with the most. So you'll points. have the winner of the A block will take on winner of the winner of B block, and the winner of that match will get a championship uh, opportunity at Wrestle Kingdom in January, unless the winner is the current champion, in which case they get to choose their opponent. So that's mm. a possible swerve if they yeah. had Okada win and then he would get to choose his opponent. Mm. Um, but I deeply and aggressively want um, Ibushi to win. Like so hard. Like, so hard. Yeah, like violently. Like I might it's, get very upset It's if his year. It's yeah. his year to win Wrestle Kingdom next full year. Donnie. Yeah. Full Donnie. Whoever <laughs> oh, full Donnie. Whoever steals this from my elvish oh. prince. Boing, 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 boing. I love him so much. He's the best. Uh, let's come back stateside and talk about WWE, something we did not get to last week. We are a few months into the 24-7 title existing. It has been that long. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have strong feelings about it? I like it. I my only thing with the twenty four seven title is I actually prefer when like they keep it off TV. Yeah. I don't want twenty four seven matches on TV. I like mm-hmm. it when it's all social media because clearly they are very hands off when it's social media. This whole thing with Jake Maverick and like him taking the title and his new wife on vacation that was glorious. It's, the picture by the Jaws, the yes. Jaws photo op at Universal yeah. Studios was magnificent. Yeah, y'all should go and look that up because those are amazing. All of the ones that have been happening on social have been fun. And then when you put them into WWE, it just, not necessary. it's not necessary and it kind of drains something. I mean, you can have people be on the show and have their title and yeah. have them involved in other stuff. And it's good. It directs you then back to the other channels. That's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be doing here. WWE is building your online presence. If so I, I mean, if they didn't that. know that that's what they're supposed to be doing, I we are telling you that that is what you were supposed <laughs> to be doing. You know, learn from, God, you guys, learn from your Becky Lynch's. Learn from your Stokely Carmichael's. Yeah. Like, who is a master at using social media. You know, you had a Zack Ryder who taught you, and then you forgot everything, and then everything got touted. So please, please, (laughs) please, like, learn. Touted out. Shout out to our friends at How To Wrestling for making this clear. Shane McMahon is somehow involved with all of the following performers on the main roster. Drew McIntyre, Elias, Miz, The Undertaker, The Revival, Roman Reigns, and now Cedric Alexander, who at least got his first Raw main event out of the deal. 
On KO. And KO. Probably the the biggest thing to happen at WWE this week was <sighs> this promo from Kevin Owens. It felt so good. You know, now we have to sit back every week on every show and listen to Shane McMahon call himself the best in the world. And every time that happens, that makes me sick, makes me want to come out here and smash my head on this stupid table. Hey, 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 hey. Enough oh, out of you. You're here. Hey, enough. Good. Let's you go. need to cut, hear this. Cut his mic. This cut is his the mic. biggest load of crap cut I've ever mic. seen. Oh. I've been watching WWE. Me? Cut it. Cut his mic off. There we go. They did. Good. Hey, guess what, idiot? Oh There's more than one microphone, and it's not done. You know what? Every time you call yourself, Let's go, guys. Well, that is an insult and a slap to the face to every single person in the back in the locker room who breaks their back week in, week out on TV, on the road, around the world to be WWE superstars, and it makes me sick. It makes me sick, it makes everybody sick. And you know what happens when you call yourself the best in the world? Everybody back there, including me, is thinking Shane McMahon can kiss my ass. Because that oh, ring does not Cut his mic now. Thank you. Oh, is that not working, Kevin? Yeah, I'm not done. Oh, I would never gonna call myself man. the best in the world. But there's a hundred people Security. back there. Get him out of here. Now. And you take up TV time from now. Apollo Crews Murphy, Ollie, this isn't Morgan, a debate. Oscar, Get out of here, Kevin. I've made my God, I, I wish I lived in a world where I could bend space and time so that 2019 Kevin Owens could feud with 2011 CM Punk. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, my God. Who would love to see that? God, and that was like, so for you guys who are just listening to it, go back and watch it because he's also doing really fun, like, physical things. Yeah. Also, he's doing this entire speech while like just the tiniest bit of blood is on his lip. It's amazing. It's so great. And in a sports coat, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. He's like a, it's like a kid. Uh, he's you just, take your kid yeah. to dinner. He's so and good. And he doesn't have a sports coat. And I think he's the home. only person that still remembers AOP works there. So that was nice. That was nice. It took me a minute when I was like, what did he say? Yeah. Oh, AOP. It was fantastic. It was so good. It feels like there's a lot of good stuff happening in wrestling right now. Yeah. Do, you, do either of you get a sense... That between AEW, between the G1 Climax tournament, that WWE is kind of getting left behind. Because the biggest news, yeah. it feels like the biggest news in WWE has been Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman's return. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nothing in-ring related. Not that there's been bad stuff. There have been a lot of very good matches. Um, yeah. A lot of people are doing very good work. But it just feels like they're 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 behind. Do you get that sense? Yeah. I mean, I am more excited to watch the G1 and upcoming AEW content than I am to currently watch the weekly product. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I guess I'm excited for Extreme Rules because I always like Extreme Rules, but I genuinely, hand on heart, can't tell you more than maybe two matches that are on the card right now. Right. And it's on Sunday. They're extreme. Yeah. Um, extreme. Just know that. Hmm? They're all extreme matches. Yeah, it's, you know, it's weird because we got like that where things kind of felt new and refreshed last week. And then this week 
you know, just a whole lot more Shane and just so that much weird Shane. pregnancy so much. angle, which I, you know, I, I went into it. I'm Danielle High Hopes. I went into it where it's like, <laughs> hey, maybe if they do this, then they don't have to do that with Becky. But now they're just going to do it with everybody. And yeah. that's not good. Yeah. Someone needs to sit them down and explain that a strong woman is not the same thing as a bitch. Yeah. It's not the same thing. And it turns out unless you came in and did it yourself in the style of Becky, they don't know how to write that character. They really don't. Nope. They, nope. Mm-mm. They've got Nikki being a weird codependent basket case. They've got Bailey doing who knows what the fuck she's doing. Alexa, MIA. Uh, and then I don't like the Maria and I don't like the Lacey. And oh. the whole thing is gross to and me. And I like Maria. I know, I, me too. I, I love her. I like the Canellises. Look, I'll and make she's fun smart of the Canellises all day. She knows what yeah. she's doing. I interviewed her at Evolution and I was blown away by how aware and smart and savvy that woman is. I was like, oh my God, let you be in charge of things. But, man. Yeah, it's creatively. I mean, this is one of those periods where I'm like, I'm really glad that everything else is really good right now. Because, mm-hmm. like, we had that moment and I'm glad. And it, it was also because I think a lot of our audience. And things are opening up now, which is great because we were able to talk about some kind of outside promotions, but a lot of just mainstream fans, it's not even like necessarily our audience, a lot of mainstream fans, we know you'd kind of hear about Wrestle Kingdom and you might kind of peek in and you might kind of do whatever. And now, especially this year, it feels like everyone's starting to pay attention to everything, which is great because that means that we get to talk about everything. Um, And so every episode isn't us being like, what are they doing? Um, it will now also involve, oh, my God, I love Ibushi so much. That, that's going to be every week now. Yeah. yeah. I apologize. <laughs> Do you love Ibushi? Let us know. <laughs> that does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and Daniel Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. You can follow me on the socials at Hal Lublin. You can listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal and Good Morning Night Vale and support them on Patreon. Daniel? Uh, I, as per usual, uh, listen to this podcast. You're already doing it. Keep doing it. You're doing a great job. You can watch the Honest Trailers, which I do. We also uh, do Honest Trailer commentaries. I am also on uh, SJU at least three times a week. Typically, I am on Monday. I host Tuesday and I host Thursdays. Um, that changes. Like this Thursday, I won't be hosting i don't think and yeah i'm all around the internet sometimes i'm doing junkets for nerdists sometimes i'm doing other stuff so just follow me at danielle radford on twitter and i'll tell you where i am bye Uh, you can listen to me on full coverage podcast if you want to listen to me talk about makeup and skincare and stuff like that it's funny i promise Uh, and also (laughs) informative because my co-host is a real makeup artist and not just someone that buys things Uh, and also you can read my books which are i believe are also funny i've been told please buy them Buy her books. Buy Buy her her books. (laughs) Our producer is Punny in the Bank. Julian Burrell, senior producer at Maximum Fun, is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music. We are forever putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all of your friends. Special thank you to all the Maximum Fund members who have a portion of their monthly recurring contribution. Keep the lights on while we are here in the studio. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.